I had a brilliant, brilliant uh, little book, little book uh, that a friend bought Soul Place. Mm. It was given to her when she was at school, which I think might be 60 years ago. And and it was a, a book to prompt you for confession if you didn't know what you'd sinned lately. It outlines a few of the sins that you might have done. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> well, it suggests <laughs> it, sins you might have forgotten. Yes, exactly. Like I was dainty with my food, for example. I said my prayers in bed because I was lazy. Oh lord, <laughs> that's just brilliant. <laughs> I have been lazy at work. What is, what is uh, this book? It's just a little prayer book. But they, they were all Yeah, but who was students. it written by, for, for heaven's sake? Sort of Calvin's sterner father the, I or think something. probably the nuns. I think the nuns, the nuns may have written yes, it. Yes, yes, yeah. okay. I have read impure books. I didn't know you were publishing back then. <laughs> I was going to say, I've written impure books. <laughs> Mine read them. That's brilliant. Oh, that's so good. I have been irreverent in church. <laughs> I have made fun of religious subjects. I mean, we're in real trouble here. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode 27 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Uh, here we both are. Hey, I'm, hey! My name is Nick Page. I'm joined as ever by my my good friend Joe Davis. How are you doing, Joe? Thank you. I'm doing really well. I am very excited. This is the podcast where we make the big announcement. It's a big. This announcement. is the big announcement. I'm trying yeah. to say this in a kind of you know Donald Trump. It's big. Mm. It's great. It's going to be it's the big. biggest. It's going to be the biggest announcement ever made. This is the best podcast. Everybody's saying it's the best podcast. <laughs> Everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying it. Well, how's your swelling? First My and foremost. swelling, thank mm. you, has gone, as you can you can see, uh, completely down. That's uh, so, But it is true to say, just for interest, and then let's please never talk about this again, uh, that after the last podcast, like mm. literally within... Uh, two hours of the end of recording. I was back in A&E having intravenous antibiotics, which is proof, if ever you need it, that you make me ill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, hmm. yes, well, I don't think I'm entirely to blame for your your swollenness, uh, really. (laughs) No, no, you're not. (laughs) I've been, no, pretty much, almost certainly not to blame for it. Um, Oh well, but you're fully recovered now. Uh, I think so. Yeah, just because you were a bit flaky um, Saturday. So Saturday we had the day for the bewilderment, which we might talk about a little bit. Yes, Uh, and we should apologise that we're recording this one a bit early because I'm away for a week. So sorry about that. And you may have written in the last kind of ten days, Mm. and we've not included your email, but we'll include it next time because we're recording early. Do do, do keep writing in. Don't the fact that Joe's ignoring you this time is is uh, is, (laughs) unfortunate. You ignore everybody. he, He hasn't had a holiday for about a week so you know he, oh, he needs yeah. he needs a rest really so um to annoy yes you. so we, so on saturday we had the uh, day for the yes. which was wonderful thank you to those who came oh thank and you and apologies so to those who couldn't uh come 
it just great to meet people and um they were very kind and uh, we had a lovely cake with a picture of ethel on it i know not just by the gorgeous pi- lisa no we didn't have a picture we had a model of no ethel. a little model ethel and yes. if you were more adequate as a human being you would have put a picture of that on our website that's true so by the yeah. time this comes out there will be a picture this possibly of well, it's certainly on Facebook, isn't it? Ethel, sad old person. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was just a wonderful cake and a wonderful thing and a, and a wonderful day. Lovely people and really interesting Weren't conversations. And yeah, I, so I thank you to everybody who came. And, and thank you to everyone who wrote back and said thank you for the day. Yes, we but you, you were a bit, you know, you weren't wholly together on the morning, were you? you I thought you might <laughs> faint at one point. I <laughs> you know what? I was feeling a bit peaky, I'm not going to lie. Mm. <laughs> but it was all fine, wasn't it? All ended well. Well, it's, so that it's was great. debatable, I suppose. And thank you to people who came so far. Kristen came from Cardiff. Uh, to mention mm. nothing of... I've just got to mention these good people. Alethea, Ruth, Ian, Zoe, who are just wonderful people who, you know, held my hand through the day when I wasn't feeling that great. But uh, can I read just one email from people mm. who came? He said, a big thank you to Nick and yourself putting on the event and to Lisa for doing the organisation and cake and please also thank Rachel for the bit she shared and here's the killer line he says I'm more than happy for any excess cash from Saturday to be used to run the podcast indeed if you or Nick ever feel that more financial support for the podcast is needed I would be happy to contribute in the future what about that get in it is the best email we've ever received yes because (laughs) let's be honest this this alcohol doesn't buy itself does it? it exactly this kind of stuff is pricey. <laughs> and despite the fact we are, you know, amongst some of the highest paid people in, in all of Christendom. Well, you and me, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, you know, old I mean, bolt. Get, get to the end I got, of the month. Uh, I've got plenty dollar, as my exactly. daughter would say. Oh, I don't know. Get to the end of the month and you think, what should we do with all this cash yeah, that's left? Just put it in the bath, roll about in it. Despite that, uh, the money we receive can go towards this. Um, travelling mic that we uh, really wanted to have so that we can go and do interviews sort of on location and uh, it is, turns out it is quite expensive um, so um, that's yes, terrific. of course all that all that actually means is that we'll hear you'll hear the same old rubbish but in in more clarity yeah, so, exactly yeah. <laughs> so shows how worth, misguided people are but thank whether you whether that's worth paying for i don't know anyway uh but anyway, there's a huge announcement coming up. That's that's the point. OK, so uh, in this show, uh, what we're going to do is pick up really on some of the stuff that we talked about in the last podcast. Or we didn't talk about it. Actually, Jill, the wonderful Jill Rowe, talked about it. What one realises is the last podcast was so successful that Nick is going to have to change his sex so that we're more balanced. Yes. In the future. Uh, and inclusive. I am, I am obviously going to have to Thank you. Uh, go to the alternative gender. Thank you, and your commitment is noted. In fact, someone, I think someone did actually say in the future, could we have a female presenter? And the answer to that really, you know, with the best will in the world is no. <laughs> <laughs> the only way that will happen is if Nick does in fact change his gender. Well, I, I think, it's... think it's... I mean, with, you know, we yeah. are, the point about this whole malarkey is, you know, we're just two friends. Is yes. thought, this yes. stuff is serious, and we're seeing people struggling here, and we... We thought we'd share it. And my assumption was always a couple of dozen people will listen in. You know, probably our friends and people who know us. But it turns out to have been a few more. For which well, we're I very think, grateful. I think the thing is that it, it, um, we always welcome uh, comments and advice and, you know, uh, you know, uh, positive 
uh, criticism, all that kind of stuff. Well, I say always welcome it. We hate mm. it, but we're no, we're, we're <laughs> well, I do, but we're open to it. Um, but, but I think the thing is, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, it's too, it's, it's. You it's can't our, really It's apologize. our little thing, really. If you like it, that's great. If if not... We always said we would do this because we wanted to do it. It's really for us, mm. I suppose. And if other mm. people eavesdrop on it, that's it's very great. good. And we, we can't really apologise for being men. Although, you know... We can apologise I... for lots of things that we do <laughs> as men. But not actually... I didn't make that choice. Exactly. Uh, if I'm honest. No. Anyway, uh, but right. we can hopefully be a bit more sensitive about things, I suppose. Exactly. I and hope anyway, so. yeah. So let's hear some emails then. Okay. We? Well, first we had a really nice one, uh, a nice firming email from Sherry, who says uh, she's never been held back in her ministry as a woman, and and uh, furthermore, she's listened to all her podcasts. Uh, I thought that was really good to include that because. Um, you know, there was a really affirming one. You know, it could have seemed from stuff we were saying with Jill and everything that it's a big issue. And she was saying, no, she's never been held back. And she says, P.S. My mid-faith crisis happened at 35. I'm 50 now. What a perfect gift it was to me to have my faith fall apart so God could reframe so much and then put my life in the Lord back together. I just thought it was lovely and positive. So thank you. It is lovely. And that's kind of thing we were, you know, touched on during the day that, that to try and see these things that happened to us as... Uh, you know, and often they are quite painful and difficult experiences, but there's there's a lot of good in this part of the journey, actually. Yeah, I exactly. Think. And we had another one from a female correspondent. I'm leaving them anonymous, but they they said that they, they started off by saying that they thought the last podcast was the best of all, I reckon. And and they said, and they've all been good. I think that was just to make us feel. Yeah, better, that was just but, a comfort. You know, yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't really soften the blow. We know. No, what you're no, I'm hurt. I'm yeah, okay. Honest. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but then they said this, uh, which I thought was really interesting. They said, a couple of years ago, I had a sudden profound sense in a communion service of being held, literally cradled, in the arms of God, my mother. And then yeah. she described some difficult experiences. And then she said, this was utterly something I experienced, not something I thought. I was experiencing God, my mother, father, and now there is no gender in my sense of God. Hmm. And again, it's sort of it's a really interesting underlying thing that you can talk about stuff and you can philosophize and you can theologize. Is that a word? Yeah. Good. But actually, you do need experience. Do you need encounter? Don't mm. you to make mm. stuff to earth all these oh, thoughts absolutely. and this thing. You've you got to know. Yeah. Other than just someone telling you that God loves you. Uh, and, has... and it reminds me of uh, so we have a, an ongoing debate and we'll probably touch on it during this podcast um, about you know the way we describe God and do describe God yeah. as a he or a she but actually I began to think one of my favourite authors who I'm quoted, I've quoted a lot in this podcast George MacDonald is yeah. renowned for his uh, for depicting God as a female in his books really? uh, particularly his fiction he he the grandmother figure is God in books like Princess and Curdie okay. and um, uh, Fantasties and things like that. There's his grandmother figure who is God, and that and, and that was pretty revolutionary for somebody writing in about 1860, 1870. Yeah. Um, and but but it made me laugh because I tried to do this. I wrote a little child story for a charity recently, and uh, I won't name the charity, but. Uh, you know, I put in a character which was a female sort of uh, that my tribute to McDonald, a sort of grandmother mm. character who was who was God, and um, and they took it out. They said Did you? you can't. Yeah, they refused to let me. You do can't it. say that. 
Because it would raise too many issues for our, our, for their constituency. Oh, my Lord. Um, There's uh, much I could say, but I won't it's, hear. It's, okay. not the chari- it's not the charity I work for. I ought to say that was a freelance job for another charity. But, you know, there yeah. you go. Okay. Okay, so then um, uh, great to hear from Tom and David, who said they really enjoyed the day uh, for the bewildered, blah, blah, blah. And David says, and this is great. Regarding women and their place in our faith communities, he says, I have two daughters, both with a developing faith of their own. How have I encouraged them or discouraged them? I was blessed with a loving father who, eight years after his death, I still greatly admire and fondly remember. For me, the lordship of God has always been front and centre of my God image. The result, probably 90% of my prayers, including grace before meals, are prefaced with Father, Lord. The podcast prompted a lot of discussion at home. The result, I'm going to make a conscious choice to reframe and rethink my prayers. Divine God. And he said, secondly, uh, consider this. Our faith communities are still male-dominated in their leadership. But where are all the men? Look around in churches. 70% female, 80% female. How many young men? How many middle-aged? How many boys in Sundays, children's work, experience any consistent male leadership? Church isn't working for a lot of men, despite the fact that its leadership is dominated by their gender. Actually, Mm. my daughters care about this too. They'd like to meet a nice Christian lad at some point and, quote, preferably not a needy oddball. Um, So, I mean, uh, there is a a real good point there. Mm. There's definitely issues for men in this sort of, you know, so-called man's world. Mm. And if men lead the church, why is it so full of women? And why do men not feel at home there? And I often hear the criticism that, you know, for men it feels very feminised. Yeah, so it's not. Sometimes it's not working for either. Then is it? It's, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I think actually the the uh, preponderance of of women over men is has always been the case. Uh, it, you know, historically speaking, if I can put some history in here, Joe, because oh. I know you love it. No, so just much. wake me up when you're finished. Okay. Well, in <laughs> you know, if you look right back, even somebody like Augustine complains that uh, you know there are more women than men in the church, and the and the men aren't pulling their weight. Oh, really? Basically, it's the women doing all the work. <laughs> yeah, and and right back, um, Tertullian talks about the role of women in church in a quite radical way. Um, you know, I. Actually, it, it go even further back, one of the first heresies, which was the the Montanist heresy, which I don't think was a particular heresy at all, um, uh, was one of the things about them. They were a group of people in, in what is now Turkey in, in, the, in the second century. And one of the things that they were clamped down on was because they were allowing women leaders, basically. They really? had women leadership. That's yeah. how old this debate is. So it goes way back there. And there have always been many, many more, I think, faithful women than men and yet somehow men have still managed well in the anglican church to wear the dresses i don't know how to manage that it drives me nuts even down to translations of the bible i saw a debate going online about a modern translation of the bible that's insisting on removing the gender neutral language which had come in because it wasn't faithful to the original scripture but what a load of old baloney you know yeah i know I was careful so you didn't yeah, need very to beat well, that well, out. Well done with the baloney you. word. Yes, well thank you, because what I wanted to say is what a load of old <laughs> because <laughs> this <laughs> Because the original language was inclusive. Words change their meaning. You know, it's oh you know, the writers of the Bible did include men and women. They did they included humanity, but we have translated words to mean men. 
and men only, which it might have meant for some stages. But the overall context is patriarchal. I don't want to reignite ignite the whole debate, but, you know, language changes. And, you know, uh, we should be wise to that. And I think any honest translation of the Bible ought to be at least very aware of that. And the fact that there are new translations of the Bible coming out that are not aware of that, I find extremely disturbing, frankly. Well, I think it, it's always difficult with Bible translation because... Do you translate the words, you know, do, do, you know, do you go word for word or do you try and get to the thought, the idea behind it? Uh, how interpretive are you? But the fact is that every translation is always interpretive. It's yeah, always making exactly. choices. It always is. Yeah, exactly. OK, right. Good. So um, and Helen wrote in, she says, thanks so much for the interview with Jill Rose. So lovely to hear female on your podcast. She said, I'm so inspired by Jill's work in empowering people to find their true identity and purpose. Amazing. We need more of this. Thinking about the role of women in churches and reflecting on my own experiences, I think I've had quite a positive experience in the churches I've been to and not really found this an issue up until recently. And then she cites quite a bad experience she's had with some female leaders and she, she wonders if she was seen as a bit of a threat. But she says... We all have our own insecurities and we need to be encouraging each other in our gifts and celebrating them as something given by God rather than feeling threatened by others and dismissing them. Thankfully, I do know of others in Christian leadership, both male and female, who are not like this and who have encouraged me in my life. And I hope that I can do the same for others, although I'm definitely a work in progress. Mm. And then sadly, she goes on to say, as for calling God she, I think I'm with Nick on this one. It feels really awkward. Thanks again for the podcast. Still loving it. <laughs> Well, but, uh, well, firstly, you know, completely misguided agreeing with yes, Nick in most things. Yeah, I'm all, uh, I, I like Helen. But I think the thing is, uh, I think what we're coming to with that, uh, and this is, is, is a, what's, mm. what sort of functions best for you? What works best for you? What image yeah. do you find he yeah. helpful? Um, I think Jesus, you know, part of the reason why Jesus used the father image was to give people a, what in his culture at that time was the, a really helpful image of God and an image of God that changed yeah. the debate, reframed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you've always got to be open to that. Like I was saying about the George MacDonald pictures, you've got to be willing to, to, to use something else. But but what maybe it comes down to what you find most helpful. This, I have to admit, is why I don't find your, your, your phrase of the divine particularly helpful. I don't find that I can have a relationship with an adjective. You know, it's like saying the big or, you know, I don't find that. Whereas for you, yeah. I think there's yeah, a sense no, of numinous sense. there that yeah. you find really helpful. Yeah. Yep. So the fact that you're wrong and I'm right, it, we can put that aside <laughs> and say, well, what is what is most helpful there for you? <laughs> okay. Anyway. And, yes. I mean, but thank you, Helen, so much for writing yes. in as ever. And, and, and also for raising that issue that, of course, some issues of power and control and some oh, issues yeah. to do with insecurities are just genderless. They're, yeah, of course they are. They're just, yeah. yeah. And that's a helpful reminder. Okay, so can we do one more? And of this we can. is a great one from Tim, who, uh, thank you for the glowing reference at the beginning. I uh, won't read that out, but he says, Rarely do I have a Harry Met Sally moment, by, <laughs> but today I shouted at the radio in passionate agreement. 
maybe we need to get back to a more profound and maybe engage a bit more mystically with who God is, the divine. That's a quote from Joe. Ah. <laughs> he said, love it. Yes, please. Although I imagine he went, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, yes, he I'll says, I'll have what he's having. Yeah, exactly. He says, I'm not an alpha male and I don't conform to toxic maleness. I've struggled with being who I am as a person for many years. We need to change our lens for the sake of people like me and everyone else who's been typecast. Just the opposite from Jill. I didn't want to play football or rugby and would have preferred to knit, sew, chat and care for people. I was forced to be something I wasn't. And then he says in, in caps lock here, stuff gender. From day <laughs> one, people have been trying to shoehorn me into the person I'm not. I'm now 47 and trying hard to be who I am. So I'm going to work to bring the divine back into my life, the church's life and to other people's life. Now there's a mission. Well, there is a mission. And thank yeah, you brilliant. so much for writing that email and i uh, i feel your pain I, I i never see ourselves as particularly uh macho or you know whatever i mean it is true we like beer and that are you talking perhaps... about me and you here yeah i am yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I, you know and i like football you've you've kind of abandoned it as yeah, I but understand. I've abandoned it for rugby, so that that uh, yeah, so, it's still... so that's kind of gone up a notch. But yeah, you know, okay. oh, all right, whatever. But no, no, but I mean, serious point about mm. Mm. you know the macho-ness. and you sort of see toxic, toxic maleness. He called it. Yeah, that's that was a, a great really phrase. interesting phrase, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, were we to ever write a book, uh, we may steal that for ourselves. Thanks. Yeah. Yes. Um, but um, but it's this interesting idea, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> You know, there, there is a scale, you know, I remember, you know, my mother, who is 91, raises an eyebrow if I wear a pink shirt. You know, that, you know, <laughs> and that, that is seen as effeminate right. to her. Right. You know, yeah. I, I don't think it pretty much is in culture at large. Maybe it still is. But for my mum, from her perspective as a 91 year old, it's like, why are you dressing like that? I mean, it's right. really interesting. It's really interesting, isn't it? And I guess... For me, you know, I see this kind of frustration of men in the church because I'm a man. And so that's what I pick up on. And, you know, and so, so, I mean, you know, I know I've organised these men's things, you know, well, let's do, let's go away and do men's things together. Men, we're men's men. Men's things that will men. involve fire and maybe petrol. I'm going to, I'm going to barbecue <laughs> something because I'm a man. Exactly. We're men together. We can uh, camp. Let's climb a tree. <laughs> yes. Let's let's kill an animal. Of let's some kind. barbecue an entire pig. <laughs> you know, because let's let's oil ourselves. Oh no, I'm getting no, too far. no, you got too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that kind of. We're men and we meet we're together. Men. We drink beer and we barbecue stuff. We're men and we have banter. Yes, top banter. I hate that word banter. <laughs> I belch. I'm a man, <laughs> and I and I'm a Christian. <laughs> but it is that kind of. I understand the sort of pain of that, and I, I understand doing men's stuff in churches, and doing women's stuff. I mean, you know, it does sort of fulfil. You know, I mean, in another church I've been in, you, you know, we had men's breakfasts. Mm. You know, the perception that only men like sausages and bacon and, you know, what what woman would want to eat sausages and bacon? So therefore it is a men's breakfast. Right. Well, let me tell you that we've got a, we've got a lovely Italian 
Italian lady, Italian girl, staying with us at the moment, and I introduced her to the great English fry-up, and she thinks it's the best thing ever. You know, really? It's like, yeah, it's like the opposite of the Italian <laughs> olive oil fantastic. diet, Mediterranean diet. It's like fried bread. <laughs> yeah, give it here. It's great. No, I agree. It's and, true, and then, and then for women, and women have their women's days, and they tend to be to do with pampering and, you know, looking about self-image and sort of... You, you know, uh, stuff to do with, you know, how to, you know, makeovers. I mean, literally, I've seen those things happening in churches. And I wouldn't, I actually don't want to rubbish those things. But there is a part of me that cringes. And I hope I can say this well without offending people who are still running those kind of events. Because I know they serve a helpful purpose, but I suppose I just want to alert people to the unintended consequences of defining gender roles about let's have a man's day and let's do let's do crazy wild stuff involving <laughs> barbecuing things <laughs> and and let's do a ladies day yes and let's have a makeover and well, let's learn how to be better wives and to okay, save our husbands you know i'm yeah, just okay, concerned yeah about no no i get that interesting i'm going things. to do a men's day on Saturday. There you go. I'm going to speak at one. And I do a lot of men's breakfast. And and I've done women's breakfast at all as well. But it, it, what's, when you used to do... I don't Women know have breakfast? Well, no, here's the thing. If you go to a women's breakfast, it's all like... I don't know if it's the same. The ones I used to do, it's uh, it's all like, uh, you know, croissant and muesli and, okay. um, you know, fresh fruit and bird seed. And <laughs> you, go to, you, go to, you go to a men's breakfast and it's like, have a slice of lard on your <laughs> plate. Because you're a man. Let's roast lard. More fat. You know. <laughs> it, it, but Would think, you like butter with your lard today? So I think the justification for uh, these things shouldn't be the activity. Shouldn't be what you do or what you eat. It should be, well, what? how are you helped by getting men together? It is, I think sometimes it is genuinely easier for men to talk about stuff that matters to them yeah. amongst other men. And that's why you know. I wouldn't want to rubbish it, because I think there are occasions, I think there are certain subjects that are best discussed. But that's nothing sex. to do with the activity that is exactly. gender-based. Exactly. You know, that, that, that's that where the rubbish... absolutely nothing thank to do you. with it. Yes. Or indeed, the food. Because it seems to me, and Tim, thank you so much for writing that email, that... You know, when, when Paul's talking about there is no male or female or anything, I th- I think he's giving us, I think in that brilliant speech of his, that he's he's actually saying God's made you to be someone and you can be who you really are. That's the freedom of the gospel. That's and the that's freedom why this Christ. is a mid-faith crisis issue, I think. And that's why it's, it's part of why you, it's useful for, I mean, you can think it through at any stage. I would hope you think it through at any stage. But yeah. for me, it's about the opportunity to uh, be who who God intends you to be. Mm. That's what it's about. It's And that's why I think what Joseph was so helpful, because it's not really, it's not about, you know, what are your male qualities or what are exactly. your female qualities or anything. It's about what are your gifts? What skills, what, what things has God given you? What are your passions? What do you love doing? Yeah. Uh, and how can we bring all of that uh before God and allow him to to uh, really uh, sort of bring that to, to flourish. I mean, it's about flourishing. Mm. I want my daughters, I have three daughters, I want them to flourish. I want them to have every opportunity they, they, they can. I want them to have the opportunity to do whatever their yeah. skills are. Yeah. And, and to like have... whatever they like. 
And it's worth saying you have three absolutely fantastic daughters. Well, I have... Who, it strikes know, me, will not settle for any nonsense from you. They're vaguely adequate. No, I love them dearly. And, <laughs> and, but they, I, you know, I, and I think they have grown up with this attitude that, that, that they're not denied anything on the basis of gender. That's the key thing. And, and if the church is doing that, the church is denying people the opportunity to really, truly flourish on the basis of, uh, you know, oh, some yeah. sort of gender ideas. I think that's completely that's a ridiculous. Mid-faith crisis for me is all about flourishing. And I suppose yeah. it brings us back to that um, I think, um, email right at the beginning where the person said, uh, um, you know, what a perfect... Uh, uh, who was it? Sherry. He said, what a perfect yeah. gift it was to me to have my faith fall apart so God could reframe so much. And then yeah, put my life and the law back together. Yeah, that was lovely. This is about yeah. fl- the chance to flourish, the the opportunity to do the things that that are are right and good for us to do. Um, yeah, that was so lovely. none of that should should be hindered by this. So you know, it's a. I I think that it's about human flourishing, and everybody, uh, you know, should have that those opportunities to become who God truly intended them to be. Yeah. Um, great. So uh, anyway, lots of interesting stuff um, generated by Jill's uh, interview, and uh, mm. you know maybe we'd, we'd talk to her again. That'd be great. But yeah. um, uh, well, I feel uh, both. I feel two near things, Joe. I feel Do a near you? ending, and yes. I feel an. I see a near announcement. Oh yes, so do I. It's very near. Can Shall I? we have a near announcement? Okay. Can you edit on, in then. some form of drum roll here? Um. Okay. I'll try it. Let's do it right now. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have had the day for the bewildered on uh, Saturday the 30th of September, as you know. I think um, described by many as one of the greatest days in history. <laughs> or, or, or was that just me? Anyway. I, I think it was you and you were still on the drugs. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I'm delighted to announce not a day, not two days, not three days, but ladies and gentlemen... Today, we are announcing on this very podcast, on episode 27, oh, the, week, with it. the week Hello. for the bewildered. The week, yes. we finally got there. Good. The week, by week, I mean working week. Obviously, that's five days, not seven days. Uh, but the week for the bewildered is <laughs> so going to have... not actually a week for the bewildered. All right. Well, that, that, <laughs> fittingly enough, a slightly inadequate week. <laughs> A slightly inadequate week for the bewildered. (laughs) Which will happen in 2018 on the dates of June the 25th to June the 29th at Lee Abbey. Mm. Uh, Lee Abbey is the most beautiful retreat centre in uh, North Devon. Uh, It takes approximately three weeks to travel to, so you need to leave early. Um, Many people die during the journey. Of course, but it is, is worth it frankly, because it is a place of stunning beauty. And uh, the way the week is formatted, you kind of arrive Monday and there's a session on the Monday night and then we just kind of do morning sessions, really. Uh, Not that much. And then you have the rest of the day to just walk in the most beautiful, some of the most beautiful countryside in all of England. And it's a fantastic thing. And obviously, if you're listening to this from abroad gives you plenty of time to come over and visit our fair isle and uh we would love to see you and uh yeah 
that's it. It's five days. Uh, you will, We will give more details when you can book and stuff like that. But you might want to mark those dates in your diary. June the 25th to June the again. 29th. June 25th to June the 29th. That's a Monday to there a Friday in 2018. The week for the bewildered, where frankly, by the end of it, you will be sick of Nick and I. Yes, I would say by the end of it is pushing it. Uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> by day two, Tuesday really. morning, really, generally. But no, what uh, you have, yeah. what you have there is the opportunity to escape from Nick and I, and yes, uh, just true. walk in some really stunning scenery. So, so, um, so we'll give you more details when we've uh, when we've thought more about it ourselves, and we've got more details. But uh, yes, there it is. That's a chance for us to get together. Uh, so, thank you very much uh, for listening. Yeah, to thanks episode so much. twenty-seven. There, there it goes off, and you're going off um, on holiday, so you have a nice time. And don't thank get you. I'm going. Anything. I'm going to Lee Abbey to recover. Funnily enough, are you? Yeah, yeah I, I am because it's a beautiful retreat centre. Very yeah. good. And I'm, I'm going off to do some speaky things, and um, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Yes. Uh, thanks. Thanks very much. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.